Carolina Montoya and I am with Jose Patiño. So today we're going to be discussing the budget and fiscal budgets and spending bills and CRs, continuous resolution, and I already have a headache. But to bring it home, Jose, let's, let's go down in memory lane and can you tell me a little bit about how much, what, how much did you get on your first paycheck and what did you do with that? How did you spend that money? Well, my real first paycheck was in 2003. Uh, I was working in construction. It was the it was the summer, my eighth grade year when I was gonna become a freshman, and the first thing I noticed was that I was supposed to get I think it was like two hundred and fifty dollars, and then I was like, somebody stole fifty dollars from me. What happened? (laughs) It was money that was missing. Uh, So you got two hundred. Yeah, I got two hundred dollars. Some money was missing. Um, It turns out like income tax, social security, and all that stuff. And I was really upset, and my brother was like, hey, this is normal, everybody does it, like, chill. <laughs> like, you're acting like a little brat. And I was like, no, 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 they stole it. And then and I was like, and then they say we don't pay taxes. I'm like, they're, and I was really upset. Okay, we get that. Can you please break it down and tell us how, what did you do with your $200 remainder? Uh, I gave half of my mom because she used to make lunch, and I was, and then the other half, I, I don't believe it. you. You give you you give your mom a hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. That meant every single paycheck I gave her half. No, it was just the first. <laughs> just one. the first one. <laughs> the first one and, and other ones. And then the other half, I used it to buy clothes because I was gonna go fresh and I wanted to look uh, super cool. Because I my eighth grade year, I only wore uniforms, so I wanted to like, have new clothes and everything. Okay. What yourself, Reina? What did you do? Yeah. So my first paycheck was in 2012, right after I graduated from university. I was working on a campaign as a contractor, and I got $200. But as a contractor, I had to pay my taxes later, which I did not know. So <laughs> I also gave half of the money to my mama. I I just felt like I needed to pay it forward, and I felt really good to give money to my mom. And then $50 I used for my gas for that. Week. <laughs> because I was driving from my Arizona to like downtown South Phoenix like every single day so uh-huh. uh, and the other 50 and the other 50 to be honest I just spend it on coffee <laughs> what with food I mean typically I would like either like pack food I used to be really good at that and I would cook at home or I would like my mom would cook and I would just like take it. <laughs> Makes <But> sense. <laughs> the hundred dollars went right there. <laughs> yeah, I think that I probably ate out like a couple of times, but mostly would go to like coffee because I needed that coffee rush. And at that time, since I was in campaign mode, I was like drinking four coffee cups a day. It was pretty bad. I do not do that now. I only do two. <laughs> Many people get really confused whenever we talk about budget I don't know if it is the word that it's kind of scary but typically people it's something that they don't like to talk about or they find that it's really boring but it's actually something that we do and deal with it in our daily lives like for example Patino and I were talking about our paychecks we get a paycheck every two weeks the majority of people and then we have to decide what do we do with that money do we allocate it to rent what about gas money what about taxes what about our the cutest outfit or maybe that unicorn frappuccino from Starbucks whatever you call it we get to decide about how do we break down the money that we have and how do we spend it so with that the government also does the same thing but it's a little a little bit more complicated so 
Patiño, would you mind telling telling us a little bit about how did the U.S. started using the federal the federal budget? What do, how do they get their money, and also how do we spend it, or who decides to spend it, anyways? Okay. Um, yeah, so a little bit of history. Uh, the U.S. budget, as it know, is known, uh, kind of it it started really under the Reagan administration uh, in the nineteen eighties. Uh, before that, uh, when initially when the country was initially founded uh, in the seventeen hundreds, up until the Civil War, the federal government had a small role, so it wasn't that big. It, it didn't necessarily actually tax at a federal tax. It only raised money, sell bonds once in a while. So. Pause there a little bit. So before you said the Civil War, how did the government would use to like fund programs? They didn't have any programs. Was that up to the states, or can you just give us a little picture of how Mo- it looked like? Most of the programs were from the state. Again, we didn't have national public education. We didn't have the veterans out there. We mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have a national uh, army or navy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was done into project based. Oh, okay. uh, and a lot of it was raised under bonds, uh, either in treasury bills, under federally or locally. And but what is a bond? Can you like make it simple? It's just a piece of paper where the government says, hey, um, if you let me borrow a certain amount of money, up to a certain amount of time, I'm going to give you interest. So extra money because you let me borrow the money right now. Uh, we so kind of like a loan for yeah. us normal human beings. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I started to it's, it's loans. Uh, and during the Civil War, uh, the one of the reasons the the North or the Union won was because they were able to raise taxes and had the ability to 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 uh, organize bonds and treasury bills. And the South they didn't have as much resources. Mm-hmm. So then you saw the the federal government the federal government expanding in its powers, ability to collect taxes, ability to sell bonds. And you had similar similar federal government. It wasn't as big. Again, the Great Recession, uh, that was the other major turning point in expanding mm-hmm. the power of the federal government, meaning you need to have more money coming in and more money uh, going out. So just to make sure that I understand what you are telling us, so pretty much the federal government wouldn't really collect taxes until the Civil War. We started seeing a little bit of an increase of them collecting taxes from people uh, and then we saw a dramatic shift again because of the Great Depression and that actually expanded some of the uh, federal government influences in terms of like how we deal with money, correct? Yeah. Okay, and then the next turning point you were telling me offline as we were preparing for this, you were dropping some knowledge and saying that one of the major changes also was during World War II. So can you tell the people who are listening to us like, how did that impact um, the federal budget? Yeah, so understand that like the Great Recession really ended after the World War II because mm-hmm. of the expansion of arms. So a lot of factories expanded. More workers came into the uh, into the economy, specifically women, and a lot of the men fought overseas. So what the U.S. did, the federal government, did in order to ensure that the Allies had enough weapons, uh, ships to win the war. Uh, they basically started spending a ton of money and got into a whole bunch of deficits. Uh, in a deficit. What's a deficit for a deficit people who are too embarrassed to ask? It's basically when you spend more money than you actually have and you have to borrow. So getting all those Starbucks lattes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so that happened, right? So that was the major thing. Afterwards, the federal government got more into like, hey, let's have a balanced budget and we're not going to spend more than we take. The other major turning point that we saw was uh, under the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was because at that time we had high unemployment mm-hmm. uh, and we had high taxes mm-hmm. and the economy wasn't growing. So then you had a, a feeling where people were like asked to cut. So what Reagan did is he dramatically cut taxes uh, and overspent. So therefore mm-hmm. we started get running deficits, huge deficits. But uh, it's like, I don't know, I just think about your $250 check and I'm just thinking about that and it's like, okay, you knew that $50 were gonna go to your taxes. Well, you didn't know that, that's why you were mad. But then at the end, that was the reality. And it's like, you only had $200 left. So obviously if you spend more than $200, let's say you were able to get a credit card, you still have to pay that money back, you know? So, or do you? What has happened? No, really. How is that relevant to the government? So the U.S. runs a little bit, in terms of the personal one, think about it, it's like you can get into debt mm-hmm. and then you can go, you can declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's different types of bankruptcy that you can declare. You kind of like save yourself. The government can't do that because if they declare bankruptcy, then later on in the future, investors, foreign and domestic, as well as other countries are not gonna be willing to give you the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason like the US is able to borrow so much money right now is because people trust that it's gonna pay them back in the, in the future. Mm, okay, and then now we are in this 2018 and we have a great deficit, correct? So meaning that we have spent way more money than we have and we owe all this money to other people, other countries. Other yeah. investors. Yes, over $21 trillion. Ow! <laughs> and it's kind of like, I don't know if ever is going to be feasible to pay it back. So how much money again? Over oh, I don't $21 know trillion. Dollars. $21 trillion. Oh boy. <laughs> it's like, for example, think about it. The biggest company in terms of value is Apple. It's worth over $1 trillion. It's like 21 apples. All of it. <laughs> Can you get me an iPhone with that? Just kidding. So now that we have had a lot of background, let's fast forward to the current times. And I think it would be a good moment to start about when was the last time that we had a balanced budget and what the heck is a balanced budget? The last time we had a balanced budget was in 1998. Bill Clinton was president. I was seven, Jose. I was a baby. Anyways. And the Republicans control the House and in the Senate. And it was after a lot of uh, fiscal uh, battles between Republicans and Democrats and multiple government shutdowns in the mid-90s. So can you remind us what's a balanced budget? So balanced budget is when you spend less or equal to mm-hmm. the much money you're able to that you have. So in, in terms of it for the federal government, it's how much money it collected through to taxes Mm-hmm. It's how much money they spent or they spent less. In, in programs. Yeah, in programs, other. in the military, and social, social security, security. Medicare, all that stuff. So then if, I sorry if I keep going back to your $250 check, but it's pretty much like a balanced budget would be if I only have $200, I either spend $200 or less, and then I'm, I have a balanced budget because I'm not overspending, correct? Correct. Awesome. So then that was 1998. So you're telling me that it's been 20 years since we haven't had a balanced budget? Yeah, and we're not even close. Uh, Especially uh, after the Great Recession. 
it's just uh, what the federal government did in order to get us out of the Great Recession is they just printed a lot of money and also just uh, borrow a lot. Uh, so then it just meant that we were in order for us to have a balanced budget, we needed to sp the federal government spend less money or increase taxes. Mm -hmm. And people weren't like, I don't want to increase taxes because a lot of people don't have jobs. And just for our youngsters who are listening to us, uh, what is the Great Recession or when did that happen? So the Great Recession started in 2008 uh, and then depends on economists. Some of them say that it ended in 2010, some of them say in 2009, some of them say in 2012. It just depends. Some of them say we're still in the recovery. So, so maybe so maybe for those of those of our younger audience, people would probably remember us like a lot of families, especially Latino and, and black families were losing their houses, right? Because they were out of jobs and then they couldn't pay and afford their mortgage. So that's something just in case if you didn't know, a little sidetrack. But then since you've been telling me that we haven't had a balanced budget since 1998, already 20 years since then, uh, what has the government done? I know that every time I like watch the news and CNN and all these fake news as Trump would say. Anyways, I'll bring it back. I'm getting distracted. I hear a lot in the news, the spending bills and CRs or continuous resolutions. Is that a way that the government is subs like substituting that in terms of having an actual balanced budget? Can you break it down for us? Well, it's even worse. Uh, oh, so no. the last time you had a budget passed was 2006. What it means is you have the 12 appropriation bills for the 12 government agencies that, that, were, that were passed. Um, so what they do now is they pass spending bills. What it means is that short, they're short-term bills, either uh, three, six months, and they pass them because they don't want to agree on a year-long budget. And sometimes they can't even agree to that, so they pass continuing resolutions, which are just to buy the government a uh, couple weeks, sometimes days, or even a month. So then the government just doesn't shut down. So I want the people who are listening to us to imagine a big slide of pizza. So then our pizza, the whole pizza would be our budget, right? The yes. money that we have allocated to be spending slices. throughout the whole year. We have 12 slices. And then a spending bill. Think about it that it can be like three or four slices so that's like three or four months so it's like a short-term solution but it's not the whole pizza and then a CR it's not even a slice <laughs> it's like a quarter of a slice because that can be either weeks uh, but typically they tend to vary between one or sometimes three weeks is that correct yeah and then um, so as you were telling us really bringing us down as in the last time that we had a balanced budget was 1998 and then the last time we actually passed a whole fiscal um, fiscal budget was 2006 so then since 2006 we have only been passing the spending spending bills and continuous resolutions why why is that bad Jose or is that bad or is that good or is it just a band-aid ah help me understand it's really bad to run a government it's to think about like a wedding uh, if you're planning a wedding, right, or a big party, you know it's going to be easier for you to reserve uh, a location or a venue a year ahead than to do it a week before that or a month before that. It's going to be cheaper to get the band, to buy the food, to get the, the clothing, the dress, 
all that is gonna be better if you plan a year ahead than if you do it last minute mm. so that's what the government is doing it has been doing for the last 20 something years mm-hmm. whereas they're just thinking like a week ahead or a month ahead and it's both democrats and republicans it's both in the house and the senate and the white house but they the issue is that people keep re-electing these politicians so i kind of a false false foot than us because well people who can able to vote because we know better but yeah we don't have the the capabilities of actually helping somebody who wants to have be an adult basically an adult for the federal government yeah and i think that i really love your wedding example because as we are trying to make sense of this this is something that i wasn't taught in school and i know we have these conversations even on a road trip as we were coming from california and and thinking about that you know it it is so true if you're able to like lock a venue for a wedding months ahead or like even a year ahead you probably get a better deal so then if we're thinking about it to these terms or seeing how our money that we pay with tax with our taxpayer money is being really misused and not maximized Jose, we've been talking about the difference between spending bills, continuous resolution, and how inefficient our government is right now in terms of dealing with our own money and how we should be spending. But let's talk about the politics of it because things don't only happen for a reason. You know, they're being very strategic about, one, that this is so complicated for us to understand, and two, to really have a true democracy of really understanding why this matters, why is this important, and most of it, how does this impact us and it affects us, and what can we do? So I know I said a lot of things. So let's break it down and let's talk a little bit about what are the politics of it? Why have we been in this mess and why haven't we had a balanced budget? I think the first thing to people to understand is that we have mandatory spending and discretionary spending. Mandatory spending is that money that needs to be allocated every year. Discretionary is something the government, aka politicians, have ability to choose who to give money to. So either reward certain uh, political uh, contributions of people or their supporters or punish others. Okay, so let's talk about the mandatory spending. So let's pretend we have a budget. Let's go back to the pizza. It's 100%. We have the 12 slides. So how much percentage goes to the mandatory budget about two thirds Mm -hmm. Uh, two thirds of it is mandatory specifically social security medicare and medicaid so then the 67 percent or two thirds of that budget goes to pay our social security or medicare and medicaid and also unemployment correct correct and then what happens to the rest of the 33 percent um what happens to the undiscretionary the discretionary uh budget uh, so it fluctuates, but about six to eight percent of it goes to to service the debt. So you do interest payments. So think about if you have a car every single month. In this case, every single year, you have to make payments on it. Mm-hmm. So that means that you have thirty three minus let's say seven percent in this case. So you have about twenty six percent where you actually have to choose. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit more than half of that goes to the military, mm-hmm. and the other half goes to the other government programs that exist. And then the 26 or 27% that gets to be decided whether to go to the military or other programs like education, housing, or other departments like um, health, like the CHIP program and DHS, 
our best friends are eyes. We want that to defend that, but before we even have that conversation, we need to understand who makes those decisions and and why are they negotiating those things? Well, uh, people who make the decisions, primarily the president proposes the budget. This is how much money they want to spend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes to send in the house and they break it down. They always start at the house. They break it down by committee. Mm-hmm. And what a committee that specifically does it is called the appropriations. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that basically put allocate how much money goes into each agency. Mm-hmm. And the party who is in power, in this case the Republicans, have more seats at the table, meaning they have more votes, and meaning they could write uh, bills and allocate money however they want. The issue is, once they, they typically pass it however they want in the House, the issue happens in the Senate because in the Senate you need 60 votes. So you need Democrats to go along. And that's where the negotiation uh, starts between Republicans and Democrats. And that's, that's when you see what the priorities or what the issues that Democrats care about. They'll focus and get them elected. They'll focus on certain issues like you said, chip, uh, hurricane help, uh, certain money allocated to certain places, and then you you and then for example for us that's when you make the deal for like a DACA solution or an immigration. So then when that's the place where real the real negotiation happens. And what happens when a government doesn't doesn't get its budget together and it doesn't pass? So when they don't pass a budget, uh, you have a government shutdown. When non-essential people are, are turned away and only essential people are able to come and figure it out. And who determines man who's essential? Like, you're not essential, I am. <laughs> who, det- who decides that? Uh, typically the people in power. So, so who? So spe- specifically in the administration, certain individuals, department heads, like basically the boss in the education department determines who's essential, who's not. Mm-hmm. And then think about Congress, every specific office determines who's essential, who's not. Okay. So then... We know that the that the government wasn't able to actually pass a budget last year. They passed a spending bill, and that's coming up. It's running out of time, and then they need to decide about their fiscal year for 2019. When does the government is supposed to actually pass their but yearly budget? So the fiscal year for the U.S. starts on October 1st of every mm-hmm. year, and it, it and it ends September 30th. So this September 30th, they have the money for the government runs out, and they have to pass a budget. But in this case, most likely a spending bill, and if they don't get that together because Trump, it's really hard to negotiate, or Republican Democrats don't get it together, they're gonna pass another resolution, and probably you're gonna continue passing continuing resolutions until uh, March of early March, because in early March of next year, that's when you have the debt ceiling expiration. Oh, that was a lot, Jose. So pretty much important date for, for people to understand is September 30th. So right now we are in midterm elections and people, everybody and their mamas are trying to get reelected or are trying to get elected. So right now it's really important that you're actually as your representatives and your senators, what are they doing with the budget? Are they gonna be funding a specific programs that you care about? Are they gonna be increasing the budget for DHS, which is the Department of Homeland Security that then is the big umbrella that has ICE? Let's remember that it, that the math is simple. The more money ICE officers have to, for their, for their own department and their own agency, the more people are gonna get deported. So I think that that's something very critical for people to think about, that this is not something that just lives in Capitol Hill and it's so, 
removed from the reality that we live, but at the end of the day, senators and House of Representatives are making decisions about not only our money that we pay through our taxpaying money dollars, but also they're deciding on how they're gonna be allocating this budget. Correct. Anything else that you wanna say about budget or anything that why people should care about this and learn a little bit more? We are not trying to be economists or giving you the whole enchilada. We're just trying to give you a very introductory place that it can be a starting point for you to learn a little bit more and and how it impacts us. Well, it's just to think about that. For for example, you have your household. Certain money, like certain money, you earn money, right? Certain money is gonna be mandatory because you gotta pay your rent, you gotta pay your bills, you gotta buy food, and then you have discretion how much money you want to buy for clothes, to go out, to vacation, to save. And that's how it's supposed to work. And when you start borrowing too much money, you can't pay it back, you go bankrupt. Uh, And that has a huge, enormous of consequences. You may lose your house, you may lose your car. Um, Your whole, as an individual, your quality of life changes and your lifestyle changes. So imagine that in a larger government, in, in the whole federal government, if that were to happen. And right now, that doesn't seem to be any way of slowing down. Uh, it seems like we keep increasing the deficit. It's increasing a lot with, with Donald Trump, uh, specifically right now as president, and the Republicans who are like, oh, fiscal responsibility and balanced budget before under Obama are like, oh, let's just spend money. Uh, and Democrats are like, okay, let's just spend money as well. So the thing is that, how, what are the consequences of our actions? and sooner than later, we're gonna have to face them. We hope that this podcast was really informative for you all, and we really tried hard to make budget accessible and making sure that it was relatable. So thank you so much for tuning in. We we hope that you're thinking about how are you spending your money, and if you're overspending, making sure that you don't get all those cappuccinos and frappes from Starbucks if you don't have the means to do it, but I won't tell you how to leave. But just remember that this goes beyond us as an individual, but but collectively, as a community, as a society, how do we make sure we hold our politicians accountable? They run on all these promises and then they are screwing us over. So making sure that you do contact them and stay in touch. Um, and more importantly, if you like our podcast, Ensure to tune in to our next episode and follow us on social media at Aliento AC. But if you forget all of that, it's really simple if you want to get the latest updates about what we're doing as an organization or how you can get involved or you just want to know about our latest episode, make sure you text the word Art Heals, Art, A-R-T, Heals, H-E-A-L-S, and when you type that word, sometimes autocorrect will make it into two. Make sure that it's only one word. And you text that word to the number 33222. Once again, 33222. And the word is Art Heals. So make sure that it's one word only. And then you'll be receiving the latest updates about what are we doing as an organization. And we want to give a shout out to Jose for nerding down with us about numbers and percentages and budgets and also talking about weddings. So any last words, Jose, that you want to say to our peeps who are tuning in? Uh, Just make sure that the same standards that you hold for yourself 
in terms of keeping balancing how much money you spend that you don't get into debt and ultimately force us all to make difficult choices we have to ha hold the same standards to elected officials um, because if not we know the consequences happen to us imagine those consequences happen to in a larger scale to the federal government and that's going to impact us all of us well thank you so much for tuning in we hope to hear you next time and make sure that you're leaving us some love on social media and if you learn anything uh make sure you're sharing this podcast or even following us on itunes or sound soundtrack soundtrack, soundtrack. soundcloud i'm really bad at this but itunes i know so make sure you're tuning in thank you so much and take care and have a great day Bye. thank you <laughs>